Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. And today we're going to talk with our friends from the Restorative Justice Project. And with us today, Brian Andrews, who is the Executive Director, and also Tammy Freeberg. She is one of the trained facilitators. First of all, welcome back to Community Focus. Yeah, thank you. Really happy to be here. Brian, for our listeners, just remind them what the Restorative Justice Project is all about. Yeah, so we've been around for about 18 years now. It started out as a grassroots effort for juvenile diversion. So uh, youth that have been having contact with the justice system and trying to just divert them out of the court system uh, and and invest in them. And over the 18 years, the program's evolved. But the core program is restorative group conferencing, which was designed by our trainer and founder, Stephanie Heider. And, and it's still carrying forward today, along with we use uh, restorative theft panels and restorative circles to really just make the impact we get to today. And for the layperson listening, what we're talking about is someone who's committed a crime yep. and the victim of that crime get together in, in a room, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we meet with them, and we got a few stages. The first is a pre-conference where we get to share about the program and really just take some time to get to know who they are. Many times that uh, when the youth comes into our program, they're identifying as the crime that it was committed, and... Uh, um, along with any other labels that they've heard. Mm-hmm. And so we, we slow that process down on the front end now where we're asking questions like, what, what are some things that you're good at, great at, and what do you have for plans after school? And, and sometimes it was one pre-conference and a final conference for 17 years. And when we discovered that, that they were coming and identifying as the crime or the harm, whatever, mm-hmm. we said, we're going to slow this down and, and take the time to really connect and create space for them. And in that process, we've learned, well, one, one example, a young person said, well, I enjoy the outdoors, hunting and fishing, and uh, I'm a marksman. My grandpa taught me to shoot. When he said what he had plans for after school, he said, I'm going to join the Navy, and then they're going to help pay for my college, and I'm going to go to MIT and become an engineer. Wow. All those things wouldn't have been possible if we went to create the space and make that connection where he felt safe to share. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Very That's incredible. And, and Tammy, uh, talk about what you do as a trained facilitator. Um, so I help lead and guide the process um, just by asking questions uh, and helping them to focus their um, attention on each other when they're addressing what's going on. Um, also meeting with them beforehand so that, you know, getting to know them a bit um, and then drawing the information out of them so that we're... Um, yeah, we're just uh, focusing on that information that's important to help uh, heal what is what has happened and help restore the harmony to the community um, by the person who has caused the harm. Sometimes it's directly focused on something in the community uh, that betters the community in a way that um, reflects from what the damage was or whatever. So, okay, yeah, yeah, and so the victim and the. Uh a person who has committed this offense get to sit in the same room. The person who commits the offense gets to find out, hey, this is not How just... How it impacted them. Yeah. 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 This is not mm-hmm. just you taking something. This is, or if, if that's the case. Yeah, yeah. yeah or exactly. Or vandalizing something. In the, in the or, center you know, of all of, our, all of our conferences is sits a box of Kleenexes. Yeah. Because it, it, when you really, when they get to see, there's a shift that happens. Yeah. Because in the, in the room, there is the person that was harmed or the victim, uh, the, the person that caused the harm. Uh, their support people, also yeah. law enforcement, mm-hmm. and a volunteer community member. And to share that, it's a vulnerable situation. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they get supported through the process. 
and and in the end, creating that contract to repair the harm mm-hmm. has been uh, well, like Tammy was referring to, really uh, taking time to be creative in that process. And before you know, we look at community service or uh, maybe restitution, but now we're looking a little deeper. We take that information from the pre-conference of the things that they like or the things that they're good at or the path that they want to go as uh, after school, and we find opportunities for them to repair the harm and make a positive impact in the school. And so uh, a young person was charged with possession um, but expressed that they wanted to be a professional videographer after high school. Mm -hmm. So part of that contract included uh, working with a professional videographer to create a drug awareness video. So it started as a harm and a negative is turning into a positive impact on the community today and in the future. And, and that's so, got to be empowering for that person, too. Yes, big that's time. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And then, too, you know, when you're talking about the victim, um, you know, putting them together, letting the victim express. I mean, a lot of times it's they, they don't get to say anything. They don't get to say how, you know, yeah, you maybe stole a bench from my front yard, but that bench meant something. And, you know, it was yeah. in my family for years or something like that. Yeah. But it gives them a little closure, too. Yeah. I would in- think. Interestingly, um, you know, it gives a face to the person that the harm was yeah. caused to. Yes. And sometimes there's more than one victim. Say um, there was something uh, stolen. You know, it may have been something that was prized by another family member who also was involved where there's maybe a younger sibling. Um, and if they choose to be there, you know, this person that's caused the harm literally gets to see the faces of these victims and yeah. hear the story. And throughout the whole process, um, you see a visible change in stature wow. of this person yep. being able to take in this information and take that accountability and then to um, you know be able to apologize. Yeah. And that is huge. And part of the process is mm-hmm. writing apology letters um, and, and an impact statement of how what they did impacted the, the victim, but also the community members and, and even themselves, which wow. is a very important piece of this, is oh, that... Yeah. You know, it, it impacts themselves. And as Brian pointed out, you know, there's <clears throat> if they had not gone through this process, it could have kept them from, you know, being able to uh, follow through with the things they wanted to after high school. You know, yep. one of the cases that I was involved with, um, the young gentleman was um, a hockey player. And he wouldn't have been able to pursue mm-hmm. what his, you know, the love of the sport. Yeah. And it was really, you know, just the relief on his face and his dad's face for mm-hmm. them to be able to go through this process was just, it's really amazing to see and see that they realize I am not this event. Yes. I can move past this. I can acknowledge it and, and be sorry for it and really have uh, remorse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And freedom. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And just yeah. like making those amends and saying you're sorry and seeing the face i mean that can do a lot for that person as you know feeling about themselves in general just like okay i'm not this crime i made a stupid mistake i can fix this and then get on with my life so yeah a lot of healing yeah yeah Yeah. that's good and and some sometimes you know when they're going to court they're identifying with this being like a number a statute and then looking up at this person with the robes on and these lawyers that are speaking for them and they come away from it not knowing what happened you know really what's going on (laughs) and then they're like and then that takes away so much of their life Life. So it's like they're putting their lives so much into other people's hands, and it's this feeling of helplessness this way. It shifts that focus and that power back to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can see where if someone uh, – I'll just give an example. If you were to steal something, uh, now you know, oh, I can do this. And then you might steal something else. And you, but this interrupts yeah. that process, 
And don't you have a great uh, recidivism record where these people that go through this program rarely commit offenses again? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's that's yeah. kind of like the icing on the cake, mm-hmm. right? I recently discovered because it was such a focal point the recidivism, but as I continue to study and grow in in restorative justice, it's a byproduct of the impact that the team is making with each of the individuals. Right. But criminal justice system is the average uh, court is sixty seven to eighty <clears> percent, <throat> and for the last couple of years we've been thirteen point five percent. Amazing, and that yeah. So when we look at at the 100 people who have been referred to our program last year and 13.5 or 13 and a half people mm-hmm. are going to maybe make another mistake mm-hmm. but the the 87 that are going on to change their life and do things that's that's creating that stronger healthier community here yeah. for for yeah. everyone and yeah. Brian, yeah. how do um how does how does this process start? Are, are do the courts say here's a case that might be better for uh, Lakes Area Restorative Justice, or do the people have to come to you? How do you get the I, I don't want to call them clients, but how Refer- does it all come together? Yeah, so there's a re- there is a referral process. Great question. Okay. So uh, we have several referring agencies. Mm-hmm. The county attorney wrote a direct referral policy, giving authority to all police departments, officers, and resource officers and sheriff's department to direct refer juvenile cases that oh. fit a certain criteria. Okay. Uh, just not serious felony or serious gross misdemeanor, but right. everything else could be by the discretion of the officer referred to our program. Cool. And so uh, the other source is the county attorney, mm-hmm. and they come uh, pre-charge, uh, post-charge, which means they've gone to court and now they have to come through our program. Mm-hmm. Or part of it is a court order that they uh, that the sentencing says you're you're going to go through restorative justice. Cool. Uh, we can make an impact at every level. It's right. about encouraging and investing. Uh, the people that come through our program. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah very, very interesting. And recently, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and recently um, it was opened up for the ages up to 25. Oh, really? Oh. So, yeah. And which I think is a huge, important acknowledgement that, you know, um, the brain isn't always fully functioning fully and following the consequences. <laughs> done cooking. Yeah. Right. So, I think yeah. that's super important in our society these days. You know, it. Yeah, mm-hmm. at any rate. I mean, you think back yeah. to when we were 17 and 18 years old, and just because you turn 18 doesn't mean... Yeah, no. No, right? <laughs> no, no. Right. But you think back, it's like, how, how was I making good, any good decision at that age, you know? Right. Yeah, so when, yeah. when Second Chance came, uh, Second Chance Month, which is April, I think mm-hmm. we, were, we talked about it last year, but that inspired this pursuit of uh, young adult program. And so I put together a whole series of uh, arguments to bring to uh, County Attorney Don Ryan, and I told him what I wanted to do, and he said, well, I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, hang on a minute here. We got, <laughs> I got all these notes no, here. I was, I was preparing. But there's more. <laughs> so we work with now the city attorney, too, where cool. we're getting referrals from the city attorney. So the program's continuing to grow and the relationships with all these stakeholders is key to to continuing that. So now let's talk though. You are a nonprofit. Nonprofit. We yeah. are. Yes. And you rely on volunteers uh, because uh, the facilitators are a huge part of this, and most of those are trained volunteers. Are they not? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we have three key areas that we are always looking for volunteers: uh, board members, uh, trained facilitators, yep. and then community members. And we've really been taking an extra interest in, in growing those areas. Our team has probably quadrupled over the last two years. But it's been strategically going after specific types of uh, uh, volunteers that can, that can represent the different areas. So uh, if it's property damage, maybe the individual had property damage, the volunteer will have an experience where they were, they'd had that happen. Or mm-hmm. 
maybe it's the other side of it where they have lived experience where, you know what, when I was younger, <laughs> I, I did that too. Mm-hmm. Just so we can really speak into the situation and, and make the greatest impact. But always, always looking for volunteers. For, there's a seat at the table for everybody. Yeah. How yeah. do we become a volunteer if it's something we're interested in? Yeah, so the best way is to reach out to our program coordinator, which is program coordinator at larjp.org or calling our office at 218-454-4145. Awesome. And we recently moved, which is the other huge oh. thing. So we we were running out of space at our old office office and, and to to keep up with the growth, we moved into the lower level of where Bridges of Hope is over on 6th Street. Okay, So cool. we have the lower level there with a lot more space where we can run multiple conferences at the same time. Amazing. And uh, and continue to grow that impact so yeah. now i know you have a website is it uh give us the website yeah yeah larjp.org or www.larjp.org and that's that's actually going through transition right now too and and being modified to just be more user-friendly and less of a pick your own adventure mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. And, and i would think at that website we can find uh, the contact information you referred to before uh, is that an easy way to access uh, more information on becoming a volunteer yeah more information opportunity to, uh, to fill out forms and and say i want to be a volunteer you can do it right on the website as well as uh as well as making donation oh so, great. yeah there's yeah. lots of options on that website and just i know you guys have uh, been a part of fundraisers before do you have any fundraisers coming up here in the near future you want to let our listen listeners know about or do we get you back at another time and talk we're, well about we're going to definitely come back another time but what we are doing is we started a new uh campaign called corporate partner program okay. and uh the corporate partner program is is looking for uh, agencies throughout Crow Wing County that are uh, that we see as cornerstone, mm-hmm. making an impact, not going anywhere anytime soon, mm-hmm. and partnering with us uh, with financial support, and that that that's a fifteen hundred dollars a year annual thing. Sure. And with that, we we are a partner. We talk about it. We bring the people together to to discuss the what's going on or what we'd like to do, and really just teaming up. And so we're looking for fifteen of those agencies as well. Okay. Currently, we have three, and and it's. It'll fill up fast. So, all right, let's yeah. get on this. Yeah, you know, you're you're probably making some contacts, but if we have someone listening now that thinks their corporation would be a good partner, they can again contact you by accessing your information on the website. Yep, think. website, or you can call me directly on my cell phone two one eight eight two zero one one two eight, and I'll set up a special meeting for that. Very good. Awesome. Looping back to the um, the volunteer portion of this, yes, I just want to mention that one of the things that was very attractive to me about this is that. Uh, there's so many time differentials that you could be involved in this. I mean, if you're somebody that can only be involved on a weekend or in the evening or in the afternoon, or during, I mean, it's like opened up. Very flexible. Yeah, very mm-hmm. flexible. So, okay. I mean, if you can only be involved one hour, one week, or two the next, it's just, it's very um, user-friendly as far as the yeah. <laughs> volunteer, too. Yeah. Is there a so, minimum age? Uh, so, 16, 16. With, with consent oh. from, an, uh, from a parent. Okay. That, great point, because mm-hmm. I want to talk about real quick is we're we're going to, in the beginning stages of building a youth advisory committee. Like a peer, yeah, that's yep. cool. So we can bring uh, kids, uh, not just at risk or uh, justice involved, but all juveniles to come together and help us really uh, analyze our programming and then help us plan new programming moving forward into the future. So, yeah. Awesome. And uh, we mentioned that you're a trained facilitator, so there is training that goes on. Oh, yes. Is that offered year-round, or is there just certain times of the year where that takes place? Um, it is year-round. Uh, this weekend, it was a very intense uh, two-day training. Uh, yeah, very intense. <laughs> and then throughout the year, there's also uh, mandatory training that we take on different subjects. 
books. Um, but it's just so, so valuable, and it's it's a blessing that's a free. Yeah. Um, and it's really, it touches a lot of different areas, you know, with, like, victimology and all the way from, I mean, just, like, a whole gamut of information. And, and then you're working with the other um, facilitators that are being trained in, and it's just, it's really cohesive. And, that's yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it gives you those tools when you're in those rooms with the victims and the uh, perpetrators. Yeah, yeah, and since you're working, each case has two facilitators, it's kind of like, you know, you're volleying back and forth at times. So it really helps to enhance those relationships and um, give you those insights as to how to handle the situations and what questions to ask to kind of draw out the information because you want to you utilize those questions as best possible to help them restore the harmony in the community. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, awesome. very, very interesting. Yeah. Great program. Yeah, there is one other area that I didn't mention about us recruiting. This is, this is a brand-new area. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the last six years, we've been going into the schools and speaking to the youth about substance misuse and, uh-huh. and prevention efforts. And so we're growing uh, a speaker base on that, too. Uh, we're we're going to continue. We've got relationships with uh, Forest View Middle School, the high school, and now we brought on Crosby last year as well. Awesome. And so if, if that's in your wheelhouse and you think, hey, I'd like to be a part of the prevention efforts, uh, also any one of those uh, options as far as the website or uh, email addresses. Great. Excellent. Yeah. And the interesting uh, byproduct I've noticed of this is um, being part of the recovery community that uh, – you know, it seems like we also will have um, some, you know, things stemming out from that. Like maybe the youth are having some uh, unsettling issues from that. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's just another part that enhances the recovery process that the community is working together to restore the harm. And it's just, it's really neat. So It all works together. It, it does. Works it together. really yeah. all works yeah. together. And it just shows that everybody really does care. Yeah. So and this community is amazing. Yeah, it really is. Huge. <laughs> it is amazing. I see beautiful change coming across Crowing County yeah. Yeah. in yep. Region 5. And it's just like exciting to be uh, involved in it. Yeah, so. see the goosebumps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Again, the website, larjp.org. Please visit that. Find out more if you're interested in getting involved. In the meantime, we want to say thank you for being here today to talk about the program. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate being invited. Thanks for asking. Thanks for being here. Our guests today, Brian Andrews. He's the executive director of the Lakes Area Restorative Justice Project. Tammy Freeberg is one of the trained facilitators. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that's today's edition of Community Focus. We remind you that our Community Focus programs can be found anytime on our website. Go to 1067wjjy.com. And you can also listen through our free downloadable app, which is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.